I mean, this was the perfect uh, encapsulation of what what Union fans have been wanting, like seeing you want you want these homegrowns to really step up and perform, and you want to beat the Red Bulls. So it's great. It was a perfect night. Hey guys, the Doobie Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. Uh, I am up in Philly. It is episode 70 and we have a lot to cover. Dude, we're 70 episodes in. That's a, that's a big number. That's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So this episode, um, we'll run about 40 maybe or so. Uh, we're going to talk about the DC win, the Columbus loss, the Red Bull win, and we'll talk about a little extra stuff at the end there. So, uh, three games to cover this week, or yeah, this is it's just how MLS is. Fast and Furious coming at you. Oh, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> we just finished up our fantasy football draft. Now it's time to talk some Union. So let's start with that DC win, four-one. The big takeaway from that, what would you say? Oh, it's definitely that DC is very, very bad. They are bad, man. And we in this podcast, we uh, we're always telling you that we're always telling you first, man. DC is trash. So, um, no surprise that we beat them four one. I mean, they looked bad from the beginning. Yeah, that was. Uh, they're kind of pretty shockingly weak. I know they had some injuries, and there's you know they're dealing with a lot of. You know, trying to transition into a different team with a lot of different guys, but it's just it'd be really disheartening to be a DC United fan right now. There's not a lot to to go for, and, and even like they, I don't know, I guess they're getting got some youth guys, young, really young guys into that game, which is cool. But in in a in a performance like that, it's just it's rough to see. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, they scored a goal, so good for them, because um, we don't give up many goals right now. But yeah, they just just bad. Six minutes, seven minutes, minutes in, we got our first corner kick goal since about 2003. So that was exciting. Uh, Bedoya with the flick on to Casper, who was mm-hmm. sitting at the post all by himself. I saw them run that again uh, this most recent game against Red Bull. They tried to play a short one for yeah. Bedoya flick. Um, and then Booten, like, let it roll out for a goal kick or something. It's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That was a weird play. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was exciting to see a corner kick goal. Uh, hopefully they can figure out ways to score another one this season. It'd be nice to get two off of a corner kick. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> appreciate the one. But that got the game set off on the right uh, foot. And basically it's like, yo, Casper's back. One, that first goal, he showed um, awareness to be at that back post. I mean, I'm sure he was assigned to be there. Yeah. So he's in the right spot at the right time. That's that's what you want from your striker. And then he scored the second goal where he gets the ball um, at, what, 25 out and takes a couple dribbles, takes it from his left foot to his right foot, and then curls it into the far post. But that was a sweet goal. Real yeah. powerful shot, too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That, that's, that one feels like more of a, a Casper goal that we like to see because uh, I feel like I've said it every time, but he just hits the ball so hard. 
his shots are just so it seems so much harder than everyone else's and that was a, a nice example of that and felt good to a, a nice brace for a, a striker that we've been hoping he'd get out of a, a bit of a slump that he was in especially in the, in the tournament so it's nice to see him get a brace and hopefully his confidence is sky high at this point yeah then followed up by our other striker sergio he just he gets the ball and he just runs man. he runs 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 then blasts it by chris sites and to be fair uh i don't think sites did a very good job on that goal no. um i think he was he was definitely expecting something to go across the middle but i mean sergio just just put it through the man yeah and and on that goal uh, we definitely have to call out uh martinez's ball to send yeah sergio uh into that space and obviously there's a there's a lot of space to run him into but it was a, a great pass and distribution for martinez and i feel like in these in these past couple games or past three games that we're going to touch he's martinez is showing that he's a lot more technical skill than i think we expected and it's pretty cool to see and that, that assist was a, a good example of that because you put that ball right where it needed to be. Yeah, I'm I'm loving Martinez, man. He is yeah. he is really turning out to be a real enjoyable player for more reasons than I think we expected. I think we all mm-hmm. expected him to just be kind of like a brawler in the middle of the pitch, but he's turning into yeah, like you said, a technical player, a guy who uh, he's not afraid to beat a guy. Uh, most recently, he he megged a Red Bull defender just straight up. Um, he'll play a good ball. He'll he'll hit one on an angle to a striker. He'll he'll break the lines he'll drop in between two defenders on the back line to receive the ball um he'll be a release point on like a corner kick he'll be a quick one to find find him on the break uh he he's really been everything that you could ask for from a player so we've gotten a lot of value out of him yeah yeah and he and sergio seem to be getting uh having a nice little connection and friendship like off the field and and now we're seeing on the field the i think a couple south american guys seem to uh click click real quick real quickly from what we've seen like or from what i saw on like social media and stuff so it's cool to see those guys combined for a goal too so you know a lot of a lot of positivity out of uh out of that play yeah bros who dance together dupe together <laughs> is that right yeah. um and then, the, then the fourth goal was a nice nice little piece of beauty um Baizo blasts one up from his right uh right back spot to Casper, who runs it down the left side and crosses it to Aronson, who does nothing else but meg the goalkeeper like he does, and and so it's nice. I mean, I liked, I liked all three parts of that goal. I like Mbizo getting involved in playing an early ball. I love Casper taking it running and then passing it across. And lastly, I love seeing our boy Aronson getting on the on the score sheet. And that's awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, that play was awesome. Yeah, and Beza with like a one-touch laser down the field to for Shabilka. That was pretty cool. And I I feel like from that goal and, and Sergio's goal, I think it just has to point out that DC's defense was uh, just a little bit in shambles because they're playing pretty high high lines and made it pretty easy for us to get behind them. So glad we capitalized on it, on it but it was definitely uh, made it easy for us. No, yeah, yeah they were pretty bad. They were, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't can't help but say DC was just bad. Yeah. Um. So Ambizo yeah, gets the start. Uh, Gaddis got a well deserved rest. He's been playing fantastic. So Ambizo got the start, and it was a good it was a good game to rest some guys because you kind of knew DC wasn't going to be the strongest. So, mm-hmm. um, I think McKenzie got the rest also. Yeah. Uh, and 
and Wagner was out as well too, right? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's an injury. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real started, but yeah, I think Wagner was out just because he couldn't go. But yeah, he was hurt in the Red Bull game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good to see the point being. I'm. It's just nice to see Mbizo getting the chance, and uh, he definitely seems to be making the most of it. Um, almost to the point where he's. Wait, he started one, two, three games in a row. Mm-hmm. And now now he might be putting coaches in a tough spot where they're going to have to make some de- tough decisions. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have four very good center backs. Or, sorry, full backs. It's center backs even. But four full, full backs that are in good form and just quality guys. So it's, it's just a really, really good problem to have with our defense. Yeah, yeah. And, we, I mean, we're not giving up much goals. Um, so that takes us to our Columbus loss. We did lose a game, and that's fair. Every every season, you're bound to lose a couple. Yeah. Uh, this, this was our only our second loss in the year, though. You know. The, yeah, in the regular season. Yeah. That's that's pretty solid. Um, you lose one zero to Columbus in Columbus. Columbus right now, not that power rankings really matter, but they're the number one team in the power rankings. So that just shows that they're playing well. They're uh, beating beating teams that they should beat. Um, I mean, and they're, the not, they're number one in the league right now. So and it's yeah. by a good margin because we're, and, we're second and we're five points behind. So they're, yeah, they're, a, good, they're a very good team. Supporter Shield standings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Supporter Shield standings have Columbus won us too. That's that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you watch a game like that and it's only 1-0 to Columbus, but it was a real enjoyable game. Both teams definitely came to play and that's what you expected that's what uh Caleb Porter was even talking about before the game started that he was excited that he got to play the union a team that wasn't going to sit back um because it seems like Columbus just plays Cincinnati every other week and they just sit back and absorb pressure right so they were excited to play the union a team that they could uh actually compete with and the union definitely competed but we we were just missing missing that last third and that's I mean, it just felt like we weren't really able to break through the Columbus team. Um, they're a good team, though. There's no doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. We're speaking of on defense. They're like a historically good defense. They only have two goals allowed uh, so far this season, so they are going to be tough to break down. And, and we saw that. Like we didn't have our best offensive game, but we had a couple chances that we we you know could have made the difference, but playing against a team like that it's you're not going to get get many more chances so it it was it was yeah it was definitely an enjoyable one to watch in terms of quality soccer because especially in in that first half you just kind of felt like it was these two quality teams just trying to figure out figure figure the other team out and it was it's i like watching those kind of games You, you you get that in a lot of european games where it's just quality teams trying to figure out the puzzle of the other team's defense and trying to work the ball around and figure out there's a there's a certain gap or matchup that they can exploit and it's you can kind of see the teams collectively like working on these these puzzles and it's it was cool to see like we i definitely saw that in this in this columbus game and I feel like maybe the second half it, it got a little bit of away from us and that's where the goal came but it was yeah it was definitely a, a good performance and showed that we could hang with the best team in the in the league right now yeah and even like all that said like their goal came from a deflected shot so it's not even like a pure goal Sure. But I mean, Zellerion, he, I remember watching him in the MLS's back tournament. He just looks, he looks the part. Um, 
Columbus's highest highest paid player, I think, in franchise history, and I'd say he's earning it. He definitely looks like what you would want your highest paid player to look like. Um, and even if his shot was deflected, uh, we were looking at his passing map, and he's just he's involved in a crazy amount of their their balls. I mean, everything is in, in the front third. So many things going forward. Lots of crosses, lots of plays into the box. He's just all over the place trying to make things happen. Um, rarely, he only had a one pass behind midfield. So that says something about where their their number 10 is playing. Their number 10 is completely um, ahead of midfield. And part of that's probably because they have a guy like uh, Darlington Nagby who really eats up the middle third of the field. If you look at his passing map, he's just that guy who is left to right all across midfield. Um, so he's able to take care of all the movement left and right. But, I mean, that's, that's a good team that we competed with. Uh, I think we need more from our star players, um, particularly our midfielders. Uh, when you're playing against a guy like Zellerion, who is a legit number 10, a legit star in this league. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not saying that lightly. Like if you don't think he's a star, then you're not paying attention because he is fantastic. Um, but we need our guys to be matching his output. And between Jamiro and Brendan, their their passing maps just like I mean they're not getting the ball as much they're not being as offensive as much but Doy is just glued to the right sideline, um, yeah it's just it's just a different different kind of player he and and you can tell that just from watching him play that he he I mean they spent money on him um, yeah yeah for sure and even in the goal it, like it was deflected but for him to find he found this this pocket where he was he kind of drew um martinez like forward a little bit as so when he and he passed the ball over and to i, I can't remember who it was but then was able to he drew martinez out and then there's this gap between martinez and the defense where he jumped in and got the ball right back and that's where he found the the space to set up that shot and it was deflected and unlucky but to get into that position was took a lot of skill from him so yeah like you're saying he's just a, a top quality player yeah yeah um cool man um so that's the first two games uh i mean i know it's gonna be a short pod should we take a break and come back and talk about the red bull game yeah let's do that and then yeah we have some couple other topics to cover as long with the uh the new england preview so yeah let's take a break and come back and cover all that hey it's the doopy brothers presented by the brotherly league game thanks for listening to the breakdown of DC and Columbus, just doing a light touch on each game. And now we're coming to the most recent game that you've probably watched. That was the Red Bull win this past weekend. Um, I don't even know if we said it. it's September 8th, and that game was about two days ago. So we won that one 3-0. Um, I would say my, my big headline from that one was they were great team goals, but it, overall a better win. How do you feel about that game? Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, it was a game that I, I had to stream from my phone because we were like we we were both on a, a little beach family vacation and I was still there and you you went home but me and dad and I had to have were watching the game on our phones uh, sitting on the beach because we were you know hanging out with sister and, and our mom <laughs> so we were just sitting sitting on our little beach chairs watching the game 
and then so it was it was a game that wasn't super uh super stressful because we we kind of handled it pretty well so i'm glad it was a game like that not a a, a high stress game that i had would wouldn't freaking out about and like and so it was, it was pretty enjoyable being a game that was a uh, not in the best circumstances to watch for me yeah um Speaking of that, Doopy Bros and Doopy Dad recorded a bonus episode. You'll that'll be released at some point. So just a little inside info for all of our Doopy Brother listeners. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's cool. You guys got to watch on the beach. Uh, I got to watch at home because I left already. So uh, not jealous at all. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was an awesome game. I feel like top to bottom. Uh, we started a little slow. Uh, Red Bull they just changed coaches and there's always that little bump when you change the coach you're going to get a little bit of a bump from the players they're all fighting for position and stuff proving right. it there worthwhile and, and red bull came out with the energy but overall you could just see that their their talent was not as high as the unions and that's that's a good thing to see that the union could handle a team like that who's kind of riding a little uh energy boost and the union they didn't really seem phased um or not phased enough that it impacted the game. Right. Uh, McKenzie had a bad giveaway in the first half, but he literally just chased down the guy and won the ball back. Um, it was really, do you remember what I'm talking about? It was a really uncharacteristic giveaway where he was just kind of facing backwards and it was a mistouch. Red Bull attacker ran onto the ball. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Glessness kind of came over, but uh, McKenzie literally just chased him down and took the ball back and turned it up it was like it was just mckenzie proving that he is uh an alpha just like i'm better right. than all of you then yeah, yeah i made a big screw up but i'm just gonna chase you down he's the big kid and you're all little kids yeah um other big thing in this game let's see no I mean, it, homegrown's on the loose man yeah it was just the homegrown show in this game yeah i mean it's obvious to point to the goals and uh, but then like also like you said like mckenzie had another quietly great game and obviously yeah he's playing against tom barlow not not the best striker but yeah i I mean it was it was pretty exciting to see a banger of a goal from aronson um and that was a kind of goal that i we would not have dreamt of seeing last year because right. he wasn't going to be even really probably wouldn't even be taking those shots last year, but he's he's been really focusing on that that finishing the shooting and taking a shot from that far out with that kind of ten- tenacity on that shot and without anything without any doubt he that was that was really good to see and showed that he's really really improving before our eyes in, in the areas that we were hoping he would. So it was really really great to see. And, and like you said, another team great team goal. Um, like from built coming back even to, to Gaddis, just like a great two touch to play it up the field and then food with a one touch to Bedoya who put had another one touch pass into the into the midfield to to set up Aronson and it was just just great execution from so many guys and it just felt good. Yeah, and uh I mean Aronson knows he needs to shoot more and I'm glad I mean I'm glad he recognizes that that's what he talked about on our podcast when we talked to him is like how much he's worked on that finishing touch that, that making a quick decision within the final third of the field um, to, to see him pull the trigger because when he receives that ball, we're all thinking 
dude, you better shoot this. And then to see him actually do it, you just have to be proud of him. Um, yeah. It's a great shot. Mm-hmm. And then moving on to the second goal, again, it's El Sino to, uh, to Aronson. And then I didn't realize this until I saw the replay, but Aronson did a no-look pass to Bedoya for... Um, oh, yeah. So it's like a no-look pass where he's like looking back towards where Gaddis would be and then kind of outside of the right foot plays it into the path of Bedoya, who just, right. I mean, it's like perfect. It runs into, he runs onto it perfectly, plays it to Vooten, who pulls it back to Casper. Mm-hmm. And that goal, was, I mean, that goal, that goal was fantastic. That was such a pretty goal. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say about that one. That was such a nice goal. Just yeah. all around, just boom, 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 boom. And it's in the back of the net. I would have been so pissed if uh casper was stopped on that one um <laughs> yeah i was really worried about that i was like it's such a nice play don't you dare stop it and he didn't so it's all good um he scored and it's wonderful yeah and then i think the next goal was the one that's really sticking with a lot of union fans because it was matt real yeah and, and he and fontana got subbed in like a minute before the goal happened and fontana breaks up a play sends it up to elcina who's who sends it into a wide open matt rail running into the box and and he just buries it into the far post and oh man that, that was a that's a that was a fun you didn't go to see because matt real had there is a little quote that Curran wasn't happy with his dc performance so he mm-hmm. got benched for Mbezo on, on the left side and then he comes back and and sits on the field and scores a goal so and then finish off the game pretty well like he's he's a guy that that shows that he's a, he's a he's a capable player too even after a shaky performance he's he's able to step up and understand um understand the consequences and, and that he needs to you know show that he belongs and he goes out and does it so it's really cool to see and see him score and, and see him and fontana jump on each other and and celebrate and current getting it on it too like that just it makes union fans feel feel great and yeah i loved it yeah you hit on a couple things i want to mention about that specific goal sorry um no that's good it's good uh when we talked about fontana when we talked to him on the podcast he mentioned matt as being his uh, roommate and best friend on the team. So seeing them sub in together is kind of a cool thing. Like imagine sitting there at midfield with your buddy and be mm-hmm. like, all right, we're about to enter this game. They're both playing on the same side, which is really cool. I think that's a cool chemistry that they probably have built um, between their friendship. And I kind of felt like I saw that within their passing, not only on the goal, uh, but later in the game too, I felt like there was a couple moments where <laughs> I felt like Real was looking up the field and, and was just looking for Fontana ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really cool that Fontana started Real's goal. And the first one to jump on Real was uh, Fontana. Yeah. And then to see uh, Jim Curtin run over, run down the sideline and get in on it too. You can just tell that Curtin has a spot in his heart for these homegrown boys. And he, I mean, he just, He's a player's coach. That's what that's what every every player we've talked to has said is he's a he's a true player's coach. He works with you and stuff. And um, yeah, so it's it's cool seeing Matt uh, score that goal. Um, we'll get him on the podcast here soon. Um, that that was a very fun goal, though. You're right with the fans. That's we like seeing our homegrowns do that yeah. kind of. I mean, this was the perfect 
uh, encapsulation of what what Union fans have been wanting, like seeing you want you want these homegrowns to really step up and perform, and you want to beat the Red Bulls. So it's great. It was a perfect night. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about let's break down a little more. Let's go a little in, more in depth now. Vooten, uh, let me just ask what you think of him. So he got, oh gosh, he got about like 70 minutes this game or so because mm-hmm. Santos. Um, I mean, he, he went, went out with an injury. Yeah. And that, okay. So I, I had a conspiracy theory about this, and it's probably not true, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> okay. So against Columbus. Santos, no, yeah, yeah. Santos got in behind the defense and tried to score rather than passing it across the Casper and missed. He blasted it over. Mm. Casper was wide open across the goal mouth. Um, he co-played it to him. Didn't pass it, shot it, went over, no goal. All right, so now in Red Bull game, he makes a great run. He ends up playing it uh, rather than taking it himself. And Casper kind of mis mishandles it. Um, the Red Bull defender tips it away, and there's no goal. And then Santos goes down injured. Now he, he was grabbing his hamstring, they say, and all, and and he limped off and climbed to the stands. Um, but part of me was wondering if, like, he was just like, uh, and this is gonna sound real petty, like, yo, I passed it this time. You screwed it up. I could have taken it on my own and scored a goal, but I tried passing it because I didn't pass it last game. And so that's it. I'm going to say I'm hurt and I'm out for this game. How much much of a conspiracy theory is that? Pretty bad? Uh, Yeah, that's very bad. I have, I'm not taking any part in that. And that is, um, no, I don't don't believe that at all. Okay. So uh, (laughs) I don't think Casper is that petty. I don't think, or sorry, I don't think Sandry is that petty. Oh, okay, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, you know how strikers can be. Um, you know, he because he, he most certainly could have taken that on his own and scored that goal, or tried to score that goal on that uh play where he passed it to Casper and ended up getting hurt. Sure. Uh, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just saying. I, I, yeah, right, I, so don't, I don't know about that. I I am because I am actually worried about his injury. I I don't if he's actually injured and he looks like he was pulling he pulled his hamstring or at least tweaked it enough. Um, that he maybe could miss the next game, and that would make our uh, striker pool very, very thin if we don't have Burke yet. So I am a little bit worried about that, and I don't. I, and that, and and I'm saying that because I also do not believe your your little theory at all. <laughs> okay. So what did you think of Vooten? He came in, he played about 70 minutes. He did get an assist to Casper. What did you think of uh, his play? That was great. I did- I- I saw on Facebook someone was trying to rate him on the brotherly game poll a five, um, and out of out of five, five out of five, mm-hmm. um, and thought that this was his best game in uh, his short Union history. What do you yeah. think of play? Yeah, no, I I probably would agree with that. I think he played great, and I think he also he said he's basically set up um had a secondary assist to, if they counted it, but he he set up the Aronson goal, so I think he played a great game. And I, I, I think he should. He's earned more start, more, um, more playing minutes based off this game, and even some of the recent games. And I'm, I'm, I'm growing confidence in him based off of, especially after this performance. 
Okay. All right. That's uh, so. I I think you're a little higher than I am. I I just don't know if I see. Um... What's your conspiracy theory about him? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> How many German-based attackers can you have before? Honestly, I I don't have anything. Um. No. No. I I think he was fine. Um. I don't know if he was. I don't know if I'd be starting him over Santos anytime soon. Um. I don't know if I'd give him a full ninety. I think. I think if I'm starting him next game, I'd I'd be curious to see if can we get Galena in? Um, like where's Mishy? Yeah, I mean, love, that'd be nice. I'd love to see even if you know, maybe it's a point where uh, we're playing New England, we're up two oh, let's take out Voot and put in Mishi. Okay. Um I think at some point, you know, we gotta take take a chance on, on a young guy like him. Um, especially after seeing guys like Fontana. Fontana finally got more than five minutes, and yeah. I thought I thought he looked fine. I don't think he looked out of place. I think he looked active. I mean, obviously he caused the goal, so that was uh, that was a nice impact. But even even beyond that, I thought he looked fine. Um, I, I just think we need to give more guys more chances. I think Curtin did a good job in this Red Bull game of making changes that uh, allowed for more guys to show their worth because i felt like up until this point i've been really annoyed with his subbing um even against dc we were up uh let's say we were up 3-0 and he had el Sino and someone he had a double sub lined up but one of them was el Sino. i was like you're up 3-0 and you're going to sub in el Sino and take out uh i, I don't know it was probably santos or something like, why are you putting in El Sino when you're up 3-0? Like, well, El Sino's old and you've got homegrowns. Your whole goal, this whole union franchise is built on player kids. And the same sub we see every game is uh, the old Brazilian coming in at the 60th minute. So, like, um, the in the Red Bull game, he, yeah, he put in El Sino, but he put I... him in in a different spot. For Montero, right? Mm -hmm. So he put him at a different spot. And we'll talk about Montero in a minute. Um, and then he gave his kids a good run. And, and I think we saw positives from that that experience. And I think um, when you have games where you have a nice lead, like the DC game and the Red Bull game, like, yo, let's play these kids. Let's get them a chance. Get them minutes. Um, like, you're not going to have chances to play them all the time like you did with Aronson and uh, McKenzie where like okay they're just being given kind of 90 minutes or so based on circumstance uh like a guy like Fontana and Real like you need to kind of push the issue you need to kind of say okay we're up two goals I'm gonna put in Real I'm gonna put in Fontana let's get them 20 minutes here and there not just five minutes so I give Jim credit for this game for doing that because he uh left in two strikers um, was able to change the back four and the midfield to give the homegrowns uh, more minutes than usual. Yeah, and I, I do want to point out because, I, well, I, I know you're not super high on the El Sino sub, but I think the El Sino sub, and, and like you said, it was for Montero, so it was, it was a bit different, but I think that sub was a big factor in opening up this game and getting the second the two, second two goals, or yeah, the two goals um, in the second half because... Putting because Elcino played more centrally, played more. He was the, you know the, more the number ten, 
rather than trying to isolate him, put him on the wing, and you know make him do let him do his thing, but put him in the mid in center of the field, and he and he actually did a, a lot of uh, positive work, and that we, we saw it in the second goal. But I thought, yeah, I really like that sub, but I thought that is what was needed because we didn't weren't getting too much out of Montero, and rather than trying to you know let him kind of struggle out there changing it up and putting Osino in and putting him in, in centrally it really threw off Red Bulls I think like Curtin said in, in his conference and that really was a big difference maker yeah and um after the Columbus game I think Curtin had a quote talking about putting in Elsino how like most teams have kind of adjusted to the Elsino sub and he he understands that Elsino is his most probably technically talented player that he's got on the squad, but he has to figure out a better way of getting him involved. And Mm -hmm. he definitely showed that in the Red Bull rather than putting him on the right wing, he put him in the middle where he um, got touches, but maybe didn't have to run as much. Um, And so, and and that's what you want in your coach. You want to, you want him to recognize when what he's doing is not working and to make the changes. I think he could have made that change a little earlier. I think it's been more than enough games where Elsino's coming and not made an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. It's good to see because he, he definitely came in and changed the game. Um, is more central, not being isolated on the wing. It was a different, different look. And that's, that's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Now, um, now let's talk about our midfield. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're with me? Yep, I'm with you. All right. So this was this was a conversation we had during this game. I I sent you and Dad my rankings of our midfielders based on um how well they were playing, not only in this game, but pretty it's pretty much overall. So my top ranked midfielder for the union would be Aronson and then Martinez. And honestly, I could see Martinez being more valuable than Aronson, but Aronson's being productive. Um, I'm going to put Aronson number one, Martinez number two. I would put, I think I'd put Bedoya number three and Montero number four. And then the next thought is, well, what's their salaries? And it's ranked probably the exact opposite. It's probably Montero, Bedoya, Martinez, Aronson. And so it's it's just a thought exercise, I guess, on... um, the value of the midfielders that we have right now. And you, and you can think of it in a positive light or a negative light, to be fair. The positive light would be, man, we've got a homegrown who is definitely our best midfielder worth like however many million dollars when he goes over to Europe. We have our second best midfielder um, and soon to be our best midfielder, Martinez, who we just signed from whatever league down, Venezuelan league. And, uh, yeah, kind of like a diamond in the rough and has been playing amazing. And so that would be the positive light on mm-hmm. it. The negative, obviously, is that uh, our captain is not one of our top midfielders. Um, and then the other negative would be that the what, what the biggest contract, biggest DP contract that the Union have had in their history um, is essentially one of our lower valued production midfielders that we have right now. So, I mean, it all depends on what light you painted in. Um, how do you feel about the, the words that came out of my mouth? 
no yeah i really i can't argue with anything you're saying there i i it is frustrating i, I want to focus more on montero it's it okay. is frustrating seeing his lack of contribution i'd say like i feel like we still see his skill like seeing him on the ball he's got this nice ease of of touch and is able to like just control it and cut around when he when he when he needs to but I feel like he's just not being as influential and, and part of it is like we are a right-sided team he's playing on the left side and maybe that's uh something he can't always control but it's it's it is a little frustrating and I, I am interested in seeing what happens after you know say Aronson gets sold in the next within this transfer window and I, I I see him I would assume he would go to the number 10 and I could see that being a better role for him and and seeing him getting easily way more like obviously he's going to get way more touches but that makes him the focus point and when he's when a player like with that much talent is the focus point he's is he's I'm sure he I would expect him to shine a lot more so I don't know it could be a matter of circumstances but it is frustrating because we feel like we saw him last year playing with so much tenacity that it was almost too much like he was getting too involved and you know maybe being overly overly aggressive trying to get the ball back from a, a defender or or whatever and i feel like we're seeing maybe a little less of that and i don't know if it's because you know he got this big contract he's a little less hungry or, or whatever or it's more of the circumstances of how how the union are playing right now yeah to piggyback on what you said you bring up a good point about how he's on the left side um we're definitely a right-sided team so bedoya will be more involved than him uh no matter what and also just thinking about my personal rankings of Aronson and Martinez ahead of the other two. Aronson and Martinez are the central players, so yeah, they're going to get the ball more. So maybe maybe there is a little bit of a skew in the rankings of the um, impact that those players are having on the game. Mm. But but yeah, um, I, I almost feel like one of two things, he doesn't seem as interested. Like you were saying, he's got the big contract. Maybe he's not trying as hard as he used to. Um, and sometimes I feel like he doesn't fit the system. I feel like sometimes when the union's ready to push forward and break out from our end to go to the other goal, he receives the ball and he almost like cuts it back, ready to beat a defender. Um, and his passes either, either lateral or backwards to an open guy. I feel like it's not so often that he receives the ball and continues moving forward with it. And I, that's what I want to see. I mean, we've seen him have the technical abilities to beat guys and and uh and and i don't know be positive with with his movements but i feel like so often he receives the ball around midfield or even on our side of the field and instead of uh advancing it he kind of slows it down and jim Curtin talks about how often the team is built to play we want to go in as few touches as possible from our box to their box. And so I, sometimes I wonder how much does he actually fit our system with the way he's currently holding the ball. And with that being said, like it's not great value in, in your DP, your biggest DP. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's tough. And I, I mean, I still, oh. I still believe in the guy and I still think he's, he has you know all the all the ability to like make this kind of his team and and be the uh, that focus focal point again but yeah i don't know it's i don't know what what needs to happen for that to 
to really happen. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and you just like think about the other DPS that we're seeing. Like we we recently have seen uh, Zellerian on Columbus. He was fantastic. Very very forward thinking um even kaku on red bull and i i don't like kaku at all but he's a very forward thinking player pasuelo from toronto Pare- uh what paredes or whatever from orlando new england's got gustavo bow and uh gill grant one's injured um but like it's just a bunch of players in the east who these other dps who these teams have seem to be such forward thinking uh chance creating players and and i feel like rdp just isn't that guy right now and that's that's what we're gonna really need to take it to the next level i mean even new england uh they're below us in the standings but they're i feel like a couple weeks ago whenever we played them they were saying saying that uh uh, gustavo bow has was tied at least at that point for the most chances created in the league and and that's a team that's, I mean, right now they're fifth in the East. So it's not even like a team that's creating so many chances that it's like unbelievable, like LAFC or something. It's like a m- almost mid-table team. And this guy who they've signed is creating a ton of chances. So whereas our, our DP player is not exactly creating an outstanding number of chances. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating, and you know maybe we'll see some sort of signing that maybe we can see a little, a little bit more mixed up in the midfield because these guys, this, this midfield diamond hasn't really changed from uh, the starting perspective since like I don't know when the last time it was it was Carval that was, um, you know you know swapped in for Martinez, so you know maybe some variation could help and you know unlock maybe his potential or, or just make that that midfield a little more scary because yeah like i said there's there's a lot of midfields that that have some threat to them that we just don't really have it as much right now for sure for sure all right man so just uh a couple things to cover um before we sign off um i'll let you talk about the mls's next okay oh yeah so um yeah we just like kind of announced today um Something we, we're, it wasn't super shock, like surprising what what is happening, but it, it was kind of made official today. The MLS kind of announced their new youth development uh, like program setup, and it's like after US Soccer kind of cut their ties with like the youth setup, so it's it's all under MLS and it's called MLS Next, and it has like over like four hundred teams and like or four hundred different teams within like. 100 different organizations with, throughout the country that um, are competing on this kind of like elite youth program they're calling it um, and it's you know a lot of regional based so there's it's not just like academies it's like you know top clubs around the region so like you, you didn't are playing against you know great clubs from PA Jersey um, within their region so it's it seems like it's all, all positive stuff and hopefully um, there's some great production that comes out of this this setup that you know can influence you know union mls u.s national team and likes you know big get some big players out of this and i don't know it, it, it seems cool hopefully like there's some, some sort of um we get to maybe watch some of these games if there's like a tournament that they can stream on their website on youtube or whatever to see some of these these, these young players it's always 
kind of fun to watch you know who's next and stuff like that so we'll see we'll see what happens with this but it's cool that they uh kind of are announcing this and setting it up uh right now yeah man yeah it is cool it's uh very good very good all right man uh i guess i gotta ask did you find an ebay a weekly ebay find um i nothing really popped out this week um yeah, I, I can't can't say I have one right this week. There's there's a Rosenberry jersey out for sale for thirty bucks. It's uh nice this this snake skin, you know, gold stripe and it's a it's a solid kid. It's actually have that exact one, but it's out for thirty bucks on eBay, so that's a solid find. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I I also have still seen the uh Derek Jones and Jay Simpson jersey. Authentics, <laughs> man. Um signed signed you can't you can't beat it man uh so a signed jay simpson philadelphia union um is it match worn i'm not even i'm not even sure but dude it's only 225 bucks Derek jones same thing uh that was from the kansas city jersey or kansas city game on september 23rd 2018 can't forget it can't i think forget that's a game teams. that's jay jay simpson scored in that game Okay. I'm nice. almost positive that happened. Yeah. That was like NYCFC. Oh, wait, there's a KFC or uh, so, <laughs> SKC. The, the Derek Jones is sporting. Okay. Uh, the Jay Simpson is NYCFC. Oh, okay. I assume Jay Simpson probably kept his jersey from that Kansas City game that you're okay. talking about. Where yeah, he scored yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. They. They maybe didn't even get into these games. Who knows? <laughs> um. But it's only 225 bucks. So that would be my suggestion for your life go ahead and do that <laughs> yeah um so it's kind of weird we're doing a pod because phase two of the mls schedule is not out we could have waited until that was released but um we can still preview the new england game uh and my my point for previewing that would be that i feel like we preview a game against new england every other week yeah and so <laughs> Go back and listen to our episode a few weeks ago because we just played them twice. It seems like in the past month. Um, hopefully, their guys are still they're still facing injury. I guess Bruce Arena will actually be there for this one. Uh, he might underestimate us. He might not. Um, but basically, if the Union do Union things, they should be okay. Hopefully, um, this one's at least at home. They got yeah. a point zero zero. Last game was really boring. I feel like they've played. The, the game before this, where they played New England, was also boring, just a 1-0 win. Mm -hmm. So, like, these games versus New England have been lights out. But hopefully against New England at home, we'll be able to put some goals in. Uh, who knows? Maybe even some Sons of Ben or some people will be in the crowd. I've been seeing people in the crowd. It's, like, weird. I know our, our buddy Chris Chris was in the crowd. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think know. they let, like, selects. I don't know, family and people with connections and, um, but I don't know. Yeah. They, they do some cool things and it's, it's cool seeing guys like, uh, Jared and like the union happy hour, um, people like set up little, like, and, and this as, which is like also part of the sons of Ben, like setting up little, like watch parties outside the gate when, when they can't get in and, and, you know, making some noise. And, and so that's, that's pretty cool with, to you know, make the best out of, uh, the, the weird situations that we're living in. So, yeah, man, make pr props to those guys. Let's go, friends. Let's go. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we uh, log off? 
Nah, man, the second half definitely went longer than the first half, so it's a lopsided half, but that's okay. That's what halves are. Um, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, go for a prediction. Last last time, our last prediction was like against DC. We both got that right, um, but you actually had... Oh, we both had goal scorers, so we both got an extra point there. Um, let's see, you had Boot, Casper and Aronson for a 3-0, so you get two bonus points plus the win. So we're both tied at seven points on our predictions. Do you have a prediction for this New England game? The last um, game that's scheduled. I'm going to say 2-1. All right. Um, and then goal scorers would be, I'm going to say, Vooten and uh, Bedoya. Wow, those are some random goal scores. I appreciate that. It's crazy. These guys play soccer. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 3-2. And I'm going to go Montero. I got to get a defender in the goal scoring. So I'll go. And this this, this might be a risk because he might not even play. Elliot and then I got this. Elliot loves what? to score against New England. He does. He does. And then I'll go with a strike. I'll say Casper gets another one. I say he keeps he stays hot. Yes. So before this pot, if if he if just a point being, if Casper had not scored in all these games that we've talked about, I was going to pull up a recording of last year's pod where I thought he was um only about a four goal a year scorer and he wasn't actually as good as he was, uh, but I don't have to pull that up because I was wrong. So. He actually is doing pretty good. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, he's good, man. Yeah, exciting man. to see. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Doopy Brothers podcast. We covered a lot of games and some other random stuff. Um, who knows when you'll hear from us again next. I mean, I guess it'll be probably next week. Hopefully, we'll cover the New England win and Phase 2 schedule. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and keep being good people.